This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to Madame Magenta and the Arcati Killer, Chapter The Hippie Hippie Shake. Ah, yes. Yes. I, I don't know if there's much um, dialogue in this. I don't think I, think I maybe don't have to do anything in this. You could do sound effects, maybe, if you like. Uh, Would that be what, appropriate? Use my mouth or. Yes, you? just whenever you feel like, just chip in. All right, here All right. we go. Okay. Gainer Tribble had developed, over the course of 40-odd years post-puberty, a state of relaxation so profound that it had altered her brain chemistry to the point where she no longer felt any shade of fear. Yes, actually, I'm not sure about this. No, maybe not. Well, well, I'll see if there's any more appropriate... Since the early 2000s, she had not experienced panic, nor dread, anxiety, or social embarrassment. She was never perturbed by the actions of those around her and found herself incapable of feeling harassed. Even dealing with call centres held no dread for her. Often, people would titter behind their hands, attributing her unique style of dressing, dreamy silences and total disregard for social norms to be battiness, rather than what it actually was, transcendental enlightenment. They could laugh all they wanted, she genuinely couldn't give a hoot. Gaynor would just smile vacantly at jeering youths in the street, or at her awful cousin when he visited, which wasn't much, and wait patiently for them to go away. It wasn't always the most practical way to navigate through life, of course. Gaynor's client list had suffered from her growing detachment to the material plane, although the remaining handful of staunch regulars knew better than to be so dismissive. They could sense the peace rolling off the diminutive figure in cosmic waves, a state they attributed more significance to than the novelty tea cosy she'd habitually wear to keep her head warm, or the bags for life she'd crocheted into a waterproof jacket. It had taken much refinement of the occult philosophies for Gaynor to arrive at this point, and many years of dedicated application. But it wasn't purely for her own benefit. In all that time, she had absolutely been intending to write her process down or find a suitable student to teach it to. Although there was no point in listing her clients, they were nice enough but spiritually unambitious. But the problem with extreme states of relaxation is that you don't get round to doing much of practical value. Her continuing failure to get on with it didn't worry her. Because nothing worried her anymore. But she was aware that she should pass her wisdom on because it was the right thing to do, and that still mattered to her. Her moral values were important, because without those, combined with her detachment from society and her lack of fear, she could have become, well, a psychopath. For if one doesn't attach value to anything or fear consequences, one might feel inclined to experiment with the lives of others. 
Thankfully, though, her mystically altered brain chemistry hadn't given her a taste for manipulation and violence, a fact she'd once mentioned to the Dalai Lama when they'd bumped into each other on the astral plane during morning meditation. The Lama had replied by saying something about that particular urge originating from a very different place, and in fact, speaking of violent psychopaths, she should be aware that blah 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 something something yada yada yada. But when she awoke, she couldn't remember the details of their chat, which was a shame, as then she might have avoided the whole being murdered thing. But the one thing she did remember was that every time she met up with the Lama, he always asked about her progress with regards to documenting her path to enlightenment. And each time she'd tell him that she had it all planned out in her head, she intended to start writing it down that very day. And she always did start. And then she'd stop and have a cup of tea and get distracted by the curve of a leaf on a rubber tree or something. Thus the typewritten sheet stroke post-it note on which she'd started her magnum opus which always sounded like fancy ice cream to Gaynor, would sit forgotten and abandoned in a growing pile of stationery on her desk. Consequently, when she was offed by the Arcati killer early in the year, she had over 300 opening lines for Tribble's Guide to Enlightenment scattered across her living room. Examples, welcome friends, and greetings to you there, seeker of truth. That's as far as she ever got. Oh, Bernard, I'm not used to talking so much. Can you do a chapter? Oh, all uh, right. Just do it until I tell you that I'm ready. I'm going to have a drink. Uh, uh, all right. As the Dalai Lama himself had taken an interest in her work, the unwritten memoirs constituted unfinished business in the spirit world and might have bound a lesser soul to the earth. Gaynor, however, was graciously allowed to ascend for an eternity of bliss if she wanted. But Gaynor was also aware that heavenly bliss often involved working one's heavenly arse off in pursuit of new levels of divinity. Heaven would be a bit like a platform video game, with Ego as the final level boss, which is not a simile Gaynor would have made due to being a 60-something woman with no interest in video games. There was another option. She could remain earthbound, and perhaps find a way to guide others to enlightenment. Thus, one path involved personal ascendance to a state of nirvana, and the other might possibly direct the spiritual fate of the human race. Obviously, being in possession of the aforementioned moral compass, and being a bit lazy to be honest, Gaynor chose to stay put. And while she was at it, she could get the damn book written. For this, she needed to find an earthly conduit, someone who could properly communicate with ghosts. But it wasn't easy finding a talented medium. It had been four months now since she'd had the top of her skull rudely sawn off, and every new lead was coming to a literal dead end as the brain napper hadn't stopped at her. Shall I... do you want to take over again, my dear? Yes. Yes, that last line was a little strange. I, as I, the I, brain napper hadn't stopped at her. I see. The brain napper hadn't stopped at as her. As in he, he went and napped more brains. He napped a few more brains after her. Yes, That's yes. what you're saying. Yes, That's so. what I'm All saying. Right. Not like stop, stopped by her I, I, house. I, 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 yes, I see. Sorry about that. <laughs> Although he did stop by his house. Well, that's true, yeah. To nap her brain. Yes, it's true. It was verging on annoying. Natural mediums were rare enough without this madman on the loose, bumping off professional psychows, psychics, occultists, witches and shamans. It's not like he was just depleting the current crop either. Such tendencies or abilities were the result of an inherited recessive gene. By killing off this bunch, he was also killing off their opportunity to birth future sensitives, although to be honest, most of his victims were well past the baby-making stage. Gaynor felt the closest she'd come in many years to feelings of anger. It just wasn't right. 
and it was complicating her mission. Thus, Gaynor's list of Earthbound objectives had recently grown out of necessity. She was now on the hunt for a gifted medium who could also be utilised to catch the killer. Once that was done, they could embark on the task of transcribing all of Gaynor's thoughts, philosophies and techniques before disseminating it to the public at large. The latter tasks would be best suited to a disciplined, morally impregnable ascetic with an abundance of patience and word processing skills. But they'd also need to be the sort to relish the idea of getting personally involved with the takedown of a dangerous psychopath. A sort of magic ninja administrative assistant, essentially. But where would one find such a person? Gaynor eventually decided her best bet would be to hang around the investigating detective on the case of the Arcati killer, as he'd be interviewing mediums in the London area. She'd essentially haunt him until he came into contact with someone suitably sensitive to ghosts. But God help both of them, and indeed all London mediums, if that woman wasn't up to the task. Oh, gosh. I like Gaynor. Who do you think she's talking about? <laughs> I can't think. But I, isn't, she's good, isn't she, Gaynor? Yes, she's a very good character, yes. A very, yes. very clever, yes. And, I mean, don't want to toot my own horn. <laughs> yes, yes. And because it, obviously it, this is based on real-life events as well. Of course, yes. A very interesting narrative decision in your storytelling to suddenly introduce a whole chapter for a new character as well. Very interesting. Well, you know I'm not bound by rules, Bernard. You're not, you're not. You're... No, I thumb my nose at them. Mm. And that's what makes me a maverick and also unpublishable by the traditional roots. <laughs> but that's why we make podcasts, isn't it, dear? Yes, yes, the wild west of mediums. And, <laughs> and I you indeed are am. The, the wild west yes. of mediums. That's me. All right. Uh, we'll uh, listen. No, you'll listen to me. That you, they you'll, will listen you to will you. You will listen to me next week. All yes. right. Goodbye. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hey there, we're dm to gm I'm your DM from Dungeons & Dragons, Russ Moore. And I'm your GM from The End of Time and Other Bothers, Sean Howard. What we like to do around here is answer the questions that you have about tabletop RPGs and get you started feeling comfortable playing games around your table. We want to share our real experiences, what we've learned, what's been helpful, so that other people can get going. And because and a lot of these hurdles are just in their head. So find us every other week wherever you listen to podcasts or visit dm to gmcom dm to gm get your game started.